everybody. It is me. It's Steve Simonson. We're back again on the Ospreys.com podcast series. It's now become quite a series indeed because this is podcast episode number 150. Uh, how about that, Bernie and Ritu? You're on uh, episode 150. That's something. I like it. That's awesome. And <laughs> yeah. on Prime Day, too. This That's is right. Auspicious. We're, yeah, we're literally recording on Prime Day uh, for those out there, uh, those Osmers paying attention. I don't know if you're listening uh, the day we release it or uh, days later or perhaps even months later, but uh, we're excited about Prime Day. Bernie, uh, any predictions on Prime Day? Uh, you know, Amazon in aggregate, what what you expect to see? Well, you know, a few months ago, I thought actually that some of the tariff issues would mess a little bit with Prime Day because, you know, basically people actually locked in some of their deals uh, and then some of the tariff things looked like they were going to shift. And, and in fact, they did. Uh, some products that were at a 10% tariff rate got moved to 25%. And that can really screw with your, you know, your margin math, uh, you know, if you're trying to set up for Prime Day. But I think... Um, you know, the, the delay of the list four uh, tariff stuff, diving deep down into some details here, actually, at least in our case, allowed us to basically go forward with most of our prime day plans. So I, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to predict. I don't know if there's ever going to be a point of exhaustion. I mean, so far, uh, what is this the fourth or fifth prime day, Steve? Uh, my guess is this is the fourth, uh, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, we've been in every one and, and every year it's grown. And, and uh, so, you know, you just got to go with the trend and say it's going to be bigger this year than it was uh, in 2018. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. Uh, and for everybody listening at home, I want to introduce my guest today. Uh, we've got Ritu Java. Uh, say hello, Ritu. Hey, everyone. You're awesome. There you go. See, she's already in the awesomer uh, mindset. Uh, and we also have Bernie Thompson. Bernie, a, a little shout out there. Yeah, hi. Great. So great to be on with you, Steve. Yeah, it's certainly my pleasure. So for everybody who wants to kind of go check out show notes or any details, any links we may add, uh, go ahead to awesomers.com slash 150. That's the super secret code because we uh, we just make the URL the same as the, the episode number. Yeah, that's how cool we are. So uh, I wanted to have you guys on, and I really appreciate you guys uh, jumping on here with me, not just to speculate about Prime Day, and we may even make some other uh, crazy speculations here today, but to talk about a subject matter that I think is near and dear to uh, most Amazon sellers' hearts, and that is Amazon pay-per-click uh, marketing. Now, uh, you know, you guys have a lot of experience in this. Uh, Bernie, you've been selling online for a long time, a top 200 Amazon sellers, I recall, uh, Ritu, you have a ton of experience in this pay-per-click concept and and kind of the the what's and where whereases that are required. One of the things that I think is so complicated for people is they get excited by the idea of I want to build my business, I want to grow my exposure, I want to increase my awareness, and then they see the kind of annoying, complicated things that are inside of Amazon, and they kind of either get overwhelmed or they do it wrong or they give up. What, what's your experience, Ritu, when you see people approach pay-per-click for the first time? I think uh, definitely people approach it with a lot of expectations. They do believe that this is the one way that is, you know, within Amazon's terms of service and this is supposed to, you know, bring results. But I also feel that 
you know, if it's, you know, not set right, uh, there will be disappointments uh, along the way. And a lot of people do fall in that trap, maybe a couple months in trying PPC, trying various things. And, you know, by the time they get a hang of it, things have moved ahead because Amazon has come up with something new, uh, something more to read up and, you know, something more to experiment. And I think most of the small sellers uh, kind of start falling back because they don't have access to, uh, you know, large volumes of data to be able to experiment and to come to conclusions about, you know, what works and what doesn't. Uh, but I think uh, people who have large budgets to play with, you know, have a certain, you know, certain advantage there to be able to come to conclusions about what's actually working or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're quite right. And I tell you, the, the upside of the large budget is you can gather data. The downside of a large budget is you can waste a lot of money really fast uh, if you don't know what you're doing. And I think there's probably awesomers out there listening that they identify with this idea that it it looked really good, right? The house on the hill with the shining light, like this is, you know, within Amazon Terms of Service, like you mentioned, and they get excited about it. But man, oh man, I bet you there's a ton of people who can't get their, their uh, paper click to get impressions or they got plenty of impressions and clicks, but no sales. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, slippery slope problems. Bernie, what have you seen? from uh, you know, your experience out there, do people love pay-per-click? Do they hate it? Do they know what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we joined uh, with uh, Sponsor Products and Seller Central, I think right when it launched. I was trying to look back on when that was. I, I forgot if it was 2013, 2014, somewhere around in there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we were getting, you know, a costs around like two and 3%, uh, you know, and I kind of knew at the time, God, I, I need to be figuring out how to double down on this. Cause I know it's not going to stay this way forever. Um, you know, and I, and I think we really screwed up. We didn't, you know, do enough at that time, you know, when we really had this early mover opportunity, what we did do, uh, which was aggressive is we actually flipped we kind of uh, studied the results we were getting on Google AdWords versus uh, Amazon sponsored products. And it was just such a clear winner uh, with Amazon sponsored products at that time that we took a hundred percent of our advertising budget, which I think around that time was about 150,000 or 200,000 annually and just flopped that over a hundred percent. Google lost all of that revenue and it went straight to Amazon. Um, so that was a good thing that we did at that time. Not for Google. Uh, Google no, yeah. may be suffering right now as a result of that decision. I hope you're uh, happy with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, I think you are not unlike anybody else, right? Because if you actually follow the ROI, and by the way, that's a, it's a buzzword out there, but man, it couldn't be more important. Actual return on investment matters. And this is the part about what I respect about you guys so much is that you guys are all about that data. You're all about that return on investment. You really want to find out what the actual performance is. Yep. Uh, I don't like this idea of feelings entering into the equation any more often than necessary. There are some times where instincts or, uh, you know, extrapolations may be required, but at the end of the day, you should be able to see a clear cause and effect with your PPC spend. Am I right or wrong on that? No, oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, it, <laughs> there are emotions involved though. Like one of the emotions I have uh, actually at this moment is, uh, you know, a deep sense of failure because Ritu handed me a challenge. Ritu said, Hey Bernie, how about you take over the, one of these uh, products where we have uh, kind of mediocre results on our current ad campaign. And we clearly have a bunch of relevant keywords 
um, that Amazon is not giving impressions to. Amazon is not, uh, you know, kind of trusting the product for those keywords. And, uh, you know, how about you run with this, Bernie, and do a little experiment? Uh, so actually, we, to be honest, I, I think I did it with like three products. Two of them, uh, we, we used a strategy that we've been using actually uh, a lot frequently and, and we, can, we can talk about later and we got them going. But there's this third product that despite all of this work that I've done over the years on PPC, I go do this campaign and basically Amazon's given me zero love. So, you know, it just, uh, no matter how much you know, uh, Amazon PPC, you know, can be uh, confounding. I think, if anything, that is a relief to the rest of us who don't know what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> because really, it's a truth that exists, right? That you can apply best practices, you can apply all the experience, and there's still some unknowns out there that we can't yet fully reconcile. And if we just know that there's that little pocket of, you know what, we don't know what's happening over there in the black hole, but the rest of it we can manage and, and measure. And it doesn't mean we stop trying to solve the black hole. But man, oh man, uh, just knowing that you're, we're not alone on not being able to get it all, that, that makes a big deal. Uh, Ritu, when you see you know, people who embark on pay-per-click, and I think in many ways there's a, an uncertainty whether they're doing it right or wrong. How are you able to kind of evaluate their, their past performance and give them advice, if, if that's a fair question? Yeah, sure. So, well, I think that uh, PPC is both uh, a science and an art. Um, there is some logic to, you know, the way campaigns are set up and there's an efficiency associated with uh, campaign structure or, you know, just the way uh, keywords have been kind of grouped together into ad groups or, you know, associated with certain products. Uh, but there's also an art which is to do with like watching and customizing and just being responsive uh, to the way things stand. Like you know, day to day to day. Um, and so I think uh, some of the things that people struggle with is uh, they, you know, they, they rely too much on the science of it, you know, going by structure and setting things up on autopilot and then uh, maybe not being as responsive as, you know, that particular product demands at that particular you know, point in time, I mean, it's different. Like, let's say you launch a product today with a certain set of keywords and you kind of repeat that experiment maybe, you know, a month from now, you're probably not going to get the same results. It's probably going to be different because of a ton of reasons. And I think uh, what we try to do when we look at people's accounts is to see what's working and amplify that. And to see what's not working and kind of try to manage that. Um, because any other way trying to force fit like uh, one way, you know, one way that would fit every type of account is probably not right because, you know, it's going to fail. Um, it's, it's, you know, you need a human element to oversee the automation that's, you know, uh, easier to kind of hand over to, right? So, I think that's what uh, also uh, prompted us to come up with PPC Ninja, the idea of having an automation tool, but also having like human eyes watching and tweaking and modifying as you go along. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I think in most cases, um, you know, you miss either of these two components and then, you know, it's a recipe for failure. Yeah, I definitely see it. Bernie, did you want to jump in there? 
Yeah, uh, you know, Rita, you mentioned uh, kind of when you do something matters. And, and in fact, you know, Amazon is so dynamic that if you run uh, what would seem like an equal A and B test at different times, you know, you'll often get, you know, uh, frustratingly different results. Uh, you know, we were, you were just telling me yesterday that you were setting up some new campaigns and looking at uh, what had happened here leading into Prime Day with Amazon's recommended bids. What were, what were you seeing yesterday, Ritu? Um, so I was saying that, you know, Amazon's recommended bids, because, you know, there's a bid range that Amazon provides um, and it's calculated every single day. So it's kind of reactive to the number of uh, competitors that are bidding for that keyword. It's also reactive to your recent and past performance for that key, on that keyword. So it's dynamic. It's not something you can, you know, know once and then, you know, know that this keyword is, uh, is going to go for this bid because it's changing all the time. And so what we noticed that, um, you know, leading up to Prime Day, any new campaigns that we were setting that didn't have any history, uh, we saw Amazon recommending uh, bid values of up to $30. <laughs> in some cases, and you're like, oh, my ten, goodness. Ten times as much as, or actually 20 times as much uh, as the yeah. normal bid ranges I see. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, so if somebody was doing a, you know, an experiment right now, kind of unknowingly, you know, uh, unaware of this effect, you know, you're going to get really weird results off of that experiment because it's so warped, uh, you know, by the, the Prime Day effect. This is a, a really important point. Again, for Amazon sellers out there, pay close attention to a few of these facts, uh, which they've been well articulated already by Ritu and Bernie. One is it's a dynamic situation, right? Any sort of auction is a live dynamic situation. And there's not just one variable. It's not just price, right? There's many, many intangibles, some of which we can speculate and are probably pretty good at guessing about, like the conversion rate probably has some uh, relevance. In fact, I think Amazon probably looks at the expected click rate, the expected sales rate, and does their expected yield rate, if you will. And there's different language that they'll use for that. But not unlike Google, Google you know, they want to maximize their revenue performance. And that's reasonable. We should expect nothing less. But beyond that, there are the individual campaign performance, the individual ASIN performances. And those recommended keywords are not like if I say I want to go bid on the iPhone case keyword, I'm going to get a recommendation that could be very different than the same keyword for you guys, right? How it recommends for you to bid because it factors in so many of these variables, known and unknown. And that's a part that I think that, that Amazon sellers don't fully understand, that this is it, – it's not such a static situation. It is so dynamic that if you're not prepared to change and adapt and continue to monitor it and optimize for that matter – boy, you're really, you're, you are absolutely tying one hand behind your back because without it, you're just not, the competitors are staying up all day and all night trying to figure out what to do. You got to figure out how to do that too. So let's talk about pay-per-click pay ninja, PPC ninja. Uh, I believe it's ppcninja.com. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So uh, luckily you guys are an Empowery approved vendor. So uh, Empowery members uh, have a, a nice, Empowery uh, package with PPC Ninja, and we always encourage people to support the co-op, and so we thank you guys for that support. Um, tell us how PPC Ninja as an idea came about. Uh, whoever's best to answer that. Yeah, I, I can. I can do that. So you know, we uh, 
we've actually done a number of different things in the tools area and they've always come out of the same thing, which is it's the tool or the service that I wanted, that we wanted as an Amazon seller. Um, I'm also the founder of Pluggable Technologies, which has you know, kind of been around for a long time. We've been selling since 2009 and um, you know, we're, we're eight figure, uh, you know, revenue level, um, and have grown actually every year, uh, and been profitable every year since 2009. So, so kind of, you know, within this chaos of Amazon, we've managed to kind of carve a niche and, and, and carve a set of strategies, a lot of which have, have kind of like been built on good automation and, and good thinking in terms of, you know, how do we break down what we do, um, into tools and services, you know, that we use ourselves, but, you know, it, it actually <clears throat> requires a lot of investment to, you know, refine a tool or refine a service. And so to spend that investment, and then even, you know, even though our account is kind of substantially sized, to only have one account, you know, be, you know, uh, the, the beneficiary of that, it, there, there's, a, there's a business model problem with that. We actually would rather, you know, build a really great tool or, and a really great service and then amortize that cost over a lot of, you know, helping a lot of companies do better on Amazon and not just have it be this kind of internal sunk IT investment on our part. Um, and so PPC Ninja is the ad portion, you know, of that. Um, and so uh, where we see uh, things that the tools within uh, Seller Central or spanning Seller, uh, Seller Central and AMS, the vendor side advertising, where we see gaps in there, where we see um, you know, reporting uh, gaps, where we see automation gaps, um, we are closing those uh, with the PPC Ninja tool, uh, which is a software as a service that uses the, um, the, the latest ad API. Uh, and uh, basically adds a lot of reporting and automation features, mostly focused around making it really easy to do bulk changes. You know, for example, you know, here at Prime Day, we're doing a lot of adjustments uh, to our campaigns that we may actually undo after Prime Day. I mean, we're, we're you know, we're doing budgets up, we're messing around with bidding, we're, um, you know, uh, Ritu can talk more about the details of all the strategies we've implemented, but we've actually cut down on our bids for broad keywords and put more of an emphasis on exact keywords because we know uh, there's going to be, you know, a lot of window shoppers uh, who aren't necessarily buyers and we don't want them clicking on our ads. Yeah. Um, you know, we want precise targeting, uh, more precise than usual uh, for Prime Day. So our, uh, our tools are, are kind of uh, solving all of those problems for ourselves. And then the services side is, um, you know, just like Amazon, we're, we're totally stealing from Amazon conceptually. You know, just like Amazon had a huge problem, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, a massive amount of traffic that would occur around holidays. And so they started this, you know, Jeff said, hey, let's build out AWS, Amazon Web Services, so that we can build up an enormous IT infrastructure that we couldn't afford or want to have just for ourselves and then amortize that cost and you know, now across millions of companies uh, doing that. And so we're doing the same thing you know, with our people on the services side. We're building up a, a really super ad team uh, led by Ritu um, who, uh, you know, it, it's hard to kind of you know, gain that knowledge of what's working right now uh, with Amazon ads. And, and so by you know, serving our account, which is substantial, just under a million a year in ad spend, and a whole bunch of other companies' accounts, you know, we're, we, we benefit everybody because we're able to build up and maintain that expertise over time.
So, so that's kind of the, the, the concept, you know, from my point of view as, as somebody that just wants to be successful in Amazon and wants to help other be, people be successful in this chaotic environment. Uh, Ritu, do you want to add to that or add any details? Uh, yeah, I think so. One of the details that I would like to add is, uh, you know, how we're different from some of the other companies out there. Um, and well, we don't want to be too different, but I know that there's uh, some points that, you know, we do think are kind of better for sellers in the long run. Um, so, you know, the model that we're kind of trying to evolve uh, and fine tune over time is, you know, having a tool space where, you know, most of the automation takes place and you have the ability to do bulk adjust adjustments and so on. Um, and then there's the services side uh, of the business, which is where, uh, you know, like Bernie said, people like me and our, you know, my ad team who uh, have access to a lot of data and can experiment with a lot of data and come to conclusions faster than, you know, probably sellers who are trying to do this thing on their own. Uh, we want to bring these two together in the form of tools and microservices. And when we say microservices, uh, the idea basically is that um, we don't take over an account. Like, you know, a lot of managed services offer, you know, the ability to, okay, just hand over your account and we'll take care of it kind of thing. And, you know, they, of course, they charge a lot of money for that, right? It's not feasible for a lot of, you know, maybe, you know, mid to large size companies even to, to go with that model. Uh, but what, what we're doing here with microservices is that we bring in the expertise. We work with you on, um, you know, projects and, um, you know, spot interventions where let's say you have an ailing pro product, you know, something that you've tried to uh, launch, but it's not working. Or let's say you want to launch a brand new product and you don't know where to start. So we come in, we work with uh, our users and we educate them along the way. It's not one of the things that we're selling as coaching or anything, but we just want to make sure that just like we consider ourselves PPC ninjas, you know, we would like at the end of an interaction with um, an engagement with our customer, they also feel a little bit of that, that they are also PPC ninjas, right? Uh, so that's the kind of model that we're working on. And it doesn't cost, you know, as much um, as it would to completely outsource, uh, you know, to a, a service, a full service provider. And the other advantage is that, you know, you get to keep your core competency, which is your keywords, right? They are your number one asset when, it's, when it comes to Amazon. Um, so we try to help uh, sellers keep it with them, but we provide, you know, the expertise and, you know, the access and the data that we have, to, you know, to other sellers and the learnings that we have pass it on to uh, our PPC Ninja customers. So, I, yeah, I like that. I mean, the, I do see that as a, as a kind of a different play in the market, right? So there's a lot of SaaS software. It's like, hey, we're going to help you uh, get smarter and better about your 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 data and your click, and that's fine. That's There's a model for that. And then there's the full service folks on the other side who are like, hey, turn us over the keys and we'll just handle everything and, uh, you know, uh, send the check. Yeah. <laughs> or better yet, uh, put in an IV to keep that trip uh, <laughs> going. Uh, and that's, again, there's a reason and there's a point and a place for those people too. I like where you guys are kind of bridging the, the gap between there. If we had a little Venn diagram, we've got on the left, we got SaaS, and on the right, we've got the, the services and you guys kind of have this unique overlap there in the middle. And to me, the first time I heard about uh, PPC Ninja and you guys talked about this idea of coming in for an account audit, 
I, I just I was tickled pink by that audit. And for our international uh, viewers, that's a good thing. Uh, being tickled is a really good thing. Uh, I I just love this idea that th there's so many times and so many Amazon sellers that I know that are like, well, I think I'm doing all right, or I I know I'm not doing great, but I don't know what to do. There, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uh, confusion, and just to have experts at the very highest level to be able to come in, look over the shoulder, and somehow give a an audit or a score of how they're doing. Tell us how an audit works, because I, I, I think this is one of the coolest concepts ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so the audit, um, you know, as you know, the audit would require um, looking into your data, right? So if you're a user, we would need to look into that data. And so we've made it easy by uh, allowing users to sign up for our tool. And what happens is that while they're on their free trial, which uh, is, um, you know, the first 14 days of, uh, you know, signing up, we have access to their data and we are able to look in and uh, arrive at conclusions about, you know, where almost like a, a drone shot of, you know, where are things at right now with this account? Like, where are the big problems? Where are the big opportunities? And what is the best game plan for this company? Like how can they leverage what they already have doing well and how can they manage the stuff that's not doing well? And so we provide uh, at the end of the audit uh, a report um, which kind of suggests what uh, the next steps might be followed by a, a one hour consultancy. Like we actually spend time with uh, the user uh, giving them a strategy session and they can also ask us any questions they have during that time about PPC in general anything so that um, audit uh, you know is um, is, a, it's, is a one time operation but if they wish to continue with us after that or if they wish to continue with our tool after that you know they're free to do so yeah I love that because you know, again, you guys are kind of like uh, built by sellers for sellers, right? So you have a very entrepreneurial mindset. And this idea that, you know, we don't have to sign our life away and here's an 18-month contract with, uh, you know, several bits of, uh, you know, human flesh transacting. Because I, I tell you, I've seen some contracts that are like, I can't even believe people are signing these things. Uh, I, I know of some people who are signing contracts for pay-per-click that is not – really full management it's just kind of like oh, we're doing some stuff and they're doing it on a revenue basis i don't know who signs these things but i love the fact that you guys will come in you'll perform a service that adds value and then you can disengage if necessary which is a very unique idea which only means that what value you bring will be earned right people will yep. be excited to go oh wait a minute i want some more of that how you know mm -hmm. i've got this next thing i've got this next thing and so this microservices is set up to be uh, instead of persistent, ongoing, full account management, it's meant to be just kind of a plug and play when you need it. Is that the idea? Yeah, it's really what I wanted, you know, as a seller. I mean, that's that's the origin of this. I, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, when you offer a product or a service, you know, it, it, it can work if it's really for somebody else, but it really works best if it's exactly the thing that you would have wanted, you know, as a consumer. Uh, in this case, a business consumer of a service. You know, we... we as much as we have done with advertising on Amazon for so long, I always feel like I'm standing on quicksand uh, because the platform is changing so much. Um, they're always adding new features, new options. The competitive environment is changing. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I know a lot and yet I feel like I know nothing. And, um, you know, so this ability to have, you know, experts 
come in from the outside for fixed cost and, and just give me a, a status report of where I am and their insights into, you know, the opportunities as Ritu was saying, you know, to do to either fix problems or, you know, just kind of double down uh, on some of the successes I might already have. You know, my, basically in my account and then what I've, you know, from talking with other people, there are always, always problems and opportunities within ad accounts because it's just so complicated. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and so I, I really, I'm excited about, you know, being able to offer this for people, uh, you know, and, and we're getting great results uh, because the, I mean, the other thing to say is there's a lot of pain out there. I mean, there, there, you know, when you, you know, put your finances on the line to go, you know, launch a product and, you know, you have that uh, LCL shipment, that partial container load or whatever come in and you, and you look at your run rate, you go, okay, well, I'll sell through these by 2025. Um, you know, it's, it's a scary moment, you know, for every entrepreneur and you're looking at, you know, at the traction you're getting through your ads and, and you're looking at your top keyword and you're going, Amazon's giving me no impressions. And that's exactly what people would be searching for, you know, if they would buy my product and Amazon's telling me they don't trust my, my ASIN, you know, for that keyword. You know, those are very scary and frustrating uh, situations, and the, and they're every day, uh, you know, for the for the Amazon sellers. So, um, any little tricks, uh, tips, um, you know, that can kind of come from you know the the ad experience, you know, that we've accumulated, um, you know, I hope that that helps people. It's it's no it's not magic. I mean, ad, the you know, right now, Amazon advertising is probably I would call it the number one tool um, that white hat sellers have to succeed on Amazon. Um, so it is absolutely uh, critical, uh, but it's also not uh, fairy dust. It, you know, it it it's hard, uh, and it requires you know that sort of um, you know kind of focus and and each. Uh, we, we often say every keyword is a battle and that's true both in the organic realm and in the ad realm. So every keyword is, is kind of a, a battle that you're going to have to fight every day. Um, but still, uh, you know, there are ways to do it well. Uh, and uh, there are, are ways that over time, you know, will really uh, help your product succeed and grow your business. Well, and this is a, a staple in my uh, life and certainly in my business career that you know, I don't think that you have a real business. This is uh, Steve talking. I'm not speaking on behalf of Bernie Ritu, but I don't think you really have a real business until you can pour money in the top of a funnel and have profit come out of the bottom of a funnel. Um, the, relying on the magic pixie dust that is the Amazon organic ranking, the A9, will eventually go by the wayside, in my opinion. You know, Google used to have all that magic pixie dust too, and uh, they they decided oh we can make money on all of this <laughs> and um, and we won't allow any manipulation and, and they have gotten really good at boxing out kind of all the the black hat stuff Amazon not nearly as good at that mm -hmm. um, and you know whether or not that is um, I won't even get into the politics of it I'll just say that today there's still things that are happening that will not be allowed to happen and will be impossible two or three years from now which yep. means that understanding how you, again, profitably put money in the top of a funnel and have uh, profit fall out of the bottom. That is such an important thing. And I love the fact that, you know, again, as, uh, you know, sellers with significant scale, you have these tools that you're willing to share with other folks and bolting on this, this microservices concept, which I, I think is very unique indeed. So, you know, the customers out there, listen, I, I definitely want you to pay close attention uh, uh, particularly the empowering members, get out there and go get an audit for goodness sake. Just 
it's it's a very small fixed cost, extraordinarily worth it in my opinion. And just figure out, you know, get a scorecard. And, and honestly, I would do this at least once a year if it was me. Uh, and by the way, it will be me. I've got a couple new uh, brands I've bought, and I'm gonna uh, have these guys do audits for me on those brands and figure out what's working and what's not working, which is mostly not working. These are uh, brands that I. I bought that were, let's say, distressed assets. And uh, so there's a lot of work, right? It's a true triage situation. For me, the idea that you guys bring is, you know, what if you could bring technology, that's the SaaS bit, with personalized experience, that's the microservices bit, and then do it without a pound of flesh being transacted on every single one. Yep. That is a total entrepreneurial vision. And uh, that's something you guys have uniquely brought to the table. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Ritu, what, what is, how do you see this thing in, in uh, let's say, five years? What does PPC Ninja look like in five years? Wow. <laughs> ah, so yeah, put you ah, on the spot. That's a big question. <laughs> I mean, I hope that, you know, I would only be able to hope that we are able to generate way more PPC ninjas around. I mean, that's our goal to make sure that people who interact with us have the experience that, you know, gives them more than what they had before they started the engagement. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Lots of PPC ninjas is what uh, yeah. we're going to create. Bernie, what's uh, any big vision uh, comment from you? You know, Ritu is uh, pretty amazing. I mean, one of the uh, backgrounds that Ritu has is in instructional technology. Uh, she worked at a, a firm for a long time uh, in that area, and we've actually uh, this is a little bit out in the future. Uh, you know, right now we're 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 pretty much focused on the SaaS tool and then human stuff, and we've got a little bit of tools in between. But we've really had conversations about a whole um, kind of inst instructional design curriculum. Um, you know, with um, and actually, I'm, for, I'm forgetting the correct instructional design uh, term for this, but tools uh, that are information tools that sit in between, you know, the, uh, pure software automation and pure human conversation. You know, so, so basically, um, you know, that we, we want to have each engagement be, a, be a, an engagement where we're directly helping, but also, as Ritu is saying, a teaching engagement. And then, you know, our challenge is how do we scale that up? I mean, it, and it is a real business model challenge for PPC Ninja. Um, you know, we, we want it to be more than just, you know, kind of an hourly, uh, you know, type arrangement. So we want to have scale to that. So how do we create that scale? Well, we get really good with our information and tools so that we're really, when you engage with us, um, because we're also engaging with a hundred or a thousand other people, we've got really kind of solid uh, materials for you um, to make that a smooth uh, engagement and learning process, both on your side and on our side. So, so that, so that's some of the you know kind of secret and a little bit more long-term sauce uh, behind PPC Ninja is this kind of instructional design thinking. Um, you know, which is very similar to something that is commonly talked about in the seller community, which is standard operating procedures and kind of documented processes, often in the context of kind of handing them off to VAs and things like that. We want to, you know, we're, this is very similar to that, but it's, you know, exchanging knowledge between uh, a PPC expert, which is PPC Ninja, uh, and, you know, all the sellers that engage with us. Yeah, again, I just, I love this idea that, you know, we're able to bring, you know, technology and expertise into, you know, a hundred or a thousand other businesses. Yeah. And this is a necessary skill. 
the, the thing that people don't fully understand is, listen, you can go study and you can buy all the courses. You can engage with these guys and, and 10 other guys, and you can really become an expert on PPC. But that's about all you're going to be able to do <laughs> because there's, uh, there's so much – that you have to do to really be at that highest ninja level, right? And I'm I, on the other screen. I, I'm shopping for ninja outfits right now. <laughs> pajamas. I have not found a good one. Uh, but the the key is to I, I want to have those ninjas an arm's length away, right? Uh, really easy access to to say I don't know what I'm doing. I I've got this problem. Please help me. That bolt on service on a you know ad hoc basis is so attractive to me. I think it's very, very uh, in demand. And so you're never kind of alone. You always have that backup plan if you need it and when you need it. Uh, the other thing that I think people forget about PPC is just this idea that it, it is not a set it and forget it situation. Too often, I think sellers go, well, I put up a bunch of keywords. I got a good you know, ROAS, uh, return on ad spend. Uh, and, and I've decided that 10% or 20% or whatever percent is my number and it's kind of hanging out at that, and so now I'm fine. Well, we're, whichever of those scenarios is true, first of all, set it, forget it, it's not going to work. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? Totally agree. Yep, totally. Actually, a good, good, good example of that, uh, Ritu, uh, you know, the, 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 for years here, a, lot, uh, a very common uh, campaign structure that's been recommended is a, a single auto campaign and a single manual campaign for product. Uh, is that strategy dead, Ritu? Oh, totally dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Buried. Totally and dead and buried. Wow, you guys hear, heard it here first. Uh, uh, so this, this old structure that people would set and forget on some level, uh, it's, it's obviously, A, it's not even working now. And what, what is there a summation or a summary? I'll also make up words if I need to. Is there a summary uh, as to why that died or what happened to it? Well, I think the... Uh the algorithms have evolved a lot and uh, some of the recommendations that I guess when, when everything was new, we didn't know. And, you know, the idea was to stick in as many keywords as possible into one ad group and, you know, fill it up and, you know, up to a thousand is what Amazon recommends. Right. And well, even to this day, Amazon's intent is, you know, obviously to make money. And even to this day, they recommend um, using, Bernie, wasn't there something recently about expander, keyword expander or something? Oh, like right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, they're, yeah, their, their mindset is one of you know, just continuing to add keywords that are less and less relevant uh, to ad campaigns. The relevancy is a problem, but also interestingly, because of quirks in Amazon's algorithm, the sheer number of keywords is also a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so, sorry. Back to you, Ritu. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I guess uh, one of the things that we've noticed is that you know just having an auto campaign and a manual campaign structure is no longer valid, because uh, you need to pay attention to what's inside those. So, for example, manual campaigns with let's say, assuming someone has a thousand keywords, like not more than five or ten or maybe fifteen will get any impressions at all and the rest of them would be all like zero impressions over the lifetime of that campaign uh, so some of the strategies that we are experimenting with right now is to be um, you know so one of them is to be super responsive to amazon's uh, attention to certain early uh, you know early movers i guess in that set of keywords and 
we also try to increase the bids on you know those keywords that have proven to amazon that they're relevant so we give it more love if amazon gives it love we give it some more love as well we bid up uh, and for the ones that have absolutely got no love at all we try to see how best we can extract those and give them a new home like a new a new campaign a brand new campaign that will uh start the you know the, the process all over again so that Amazon can look at those keywords and say, okay, maybe, you know, let's give it a, a shot. Let's give it impressions. And if they convert, then, okay, this is right. So Amazon is a smart, dumb algorithm, right? Mostly uh, just reactive and responsive to whatever uh, data points it sees during the course of a campaign's lifetime. And so we have to kind of adapt to that change as well because it's not so straightforward. It's not like every keyword, even though it's important, is going to guaranteed get uh, impressions and clicks and sales. It's not, not like that. So all the structures that we're coming up with are based on efficiency, like how you structure those campaigns so that you don't get lost as a seller. Like how do you navigate all the different ad groups you've got set up for this kind of uh, intent, which is to get maximum sales from your keywords, right? Your core keywords. Uh, and, and also making sure that uh, we, uh, you know, continue to evolve those campaigns so that we can continue to maximize our ROI. So it's not like even today I can't say, okay, this is the best structure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At this point, uh, it's not wise to have just one auto and one manual. Uh, put uh, more, uh, put more horses in the race um, is what I would say. Like at least have like product targeting uh, campaigns and. Uh, category targeting, there's so many different types now that you can experiment with and not all of them will work in your case. So experiment, try, improvise, that's the way to go. Yeah, and, and just to add to that a little bit, yeah, I think the, the, the two factors that are causing us in all of our best managed uh, accounts uh, to have multiple manual campaigns are, um, you know, kind of as Ritu mentioned, one is Amazon's added a lot of options to ads and uh, you don't, always want to mix all of those uh, strategies in a single campaign. So there's a little bit of a push to separate things out into multiple campaigns because you want to get clear data and clear control, you know, depending on whether you're targeting top of search, whether you're, um, you know, targeting product placement against competitors, you know, those are very different scenarios. And if you mix them all uh, in one campaign, you're not going to be able to properly optimize everything because you're not going to be able to, to see and control things at the level of your strategy. Basically, all the new options that Amazon has been introducing really introduces a greater ability to have specific strategies and you need campaigns around those specific strategies. So that drives you know, multiple uh, manual campaigns per product. And then the other thing, you know, that Ritu, uh, you know, was, was talking about is, you know, Amazon's algorithm is, is deeply imperfect. Um, you know, we, we, somebody at Amazon has called it a, a dumb smart or smart dumb algorithm. And the, the dumb part of it is, um, you know, they, they, it's only as good as Amazon's kind of strategy kind of coming into, you know, how they're going to, you know, feed their machine learning algorithms. And it usually is machine learning. Um, but also, you know, they, they, they screw some things up, you know, they, they don't have feedback loop. Machine learning algorithms to be really great need to have feedback loops. And um, in many cases, Amazon just simply doesn't have those feedback loops. You know, for example, there's really no way for Amazon to know if I add a thousand keywords to a campaign, 
Um, which ones are the ones that I really consider to be kind of core features of the product, searches that represent, you know, where my product really should be the right one, um, you know, to, to choose or, or that are most relevant uh, to my product versus, uh, you know, keywords that are, you know, more uh, broad and, and, and more of a fuzzy match to my type of product. So Amazon doesn't know that from us, uh, and so they they, you know, they they make assumptions, and one of the assumptions they make is the very early data they get back uh, as that campaign starts running, they just double down on that. The the mach, you know the machine learning algorithm just runs with that. So you know you'll get all kinds of kind of randomness about that, where you know some deeply irrelevant keyword happened to get a few sales early on, and Amazon piles on the impressions to that keyword. You know, while some other keyword, which would have been the one, I mean, in a, in a true meritocracy of keywords, that is the keyword that's your best keyword, um, it, gets, it gets starved because Amazon, uh, you know, also has this kind of bell curve type approach where, you know, they settle in on just a few keywords per campaign um, and then the, the rest quickly trail off in terms of the number of impressions. Um, so, so it's really important to understand that, and so, so that drives additional campaigns um, because basically you try and then you see where the results are and you see where the, those results make sense and where they don't make sense and there's going to be some results that don't make sense and where they don't make sense, you try again. And so we, we've really settled into a, you know, one, of, one of the strategy, strategies we do ourselves and recommend for others is you know, to basically keep creating new campaigns with your uh, keywords that had previously failed if they're your high confidence keywords. And guess what? You move them into a new campaign, uh, you adopt a strategy around that, a bunch of those keywords that were dead for you before, very often uh, you can get those keywords to take off uh, and be you know, driving the sales that you were missing previously. So all of that means that, yep, one auto campaign, one manual campaign, you know, kind of, a, you know, in a sense, what had been a, a common strategy now among the more sophisticated uh, advertisers is really not uh, a strategy that uh, is going to win uh, in the ad marketplace. Well, this ties back to our earlier point that it's, it's such a dynamic situation that, we shouldn't expect it to to you know somehow just settle into a a, a rhythm or a a rut, if you will. And if I put a fresh coat of paint on that, it's you know for the awesomers out there, it's kind of like you know your keywords are in a high school, and the popular kids are really popular, whether it's right or wrong, they're popular. The unpopular kids need to transfer to a new high school and see if they can be popular there. They can't I love that analogy. Right? They can't stay in the same high school. They're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. And uh, so you got to keep moving these students around uh, to give them a shot at uh, popularity. Is that fair to say? Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, I like love to uh, break things down to the idiotic, and uh, that's my specialty. <laughs> so, listen, I, I, for for Amazon sellers out there, if you had one single piece of advice, uh, Ritu, what, how would you summarize your advice as it comes to pay-per-click in general? Uh, I think being very dynamic, I think I'm also stealing from you, Steve, because you picked that word uh, from our discussion. So I think being dynamic uh, and, you know, altering your approach uh, based on what's available and what you're seeing with your own data uh, is, is probably the way to go uh, for PPC success. Okay, fair enough. Bernie, any uh, final summation on what they need to think about for PPC out there? 
Yeah, I think I think it is to really know what differentiates your product and, uh, you know, what people are searching for uh, that would lead to those differentiators and what the actual market opportunity is for those differentiators in the form of search volume. Uh, and then, um, you know, using the Amazon's ad system, be persistent about those, you know, just because Amazon's machine learning tells you, you know, that you know, uh, no, that's wrong. Uh, doesn't mean in fact that that's wrong. Uh, rather that, uh, you know, if, if you're, you, if you really understand your product and you really understand that this keyword should be relevant for your product, you know, dig in, figure out why that's not working. It may be a, a problem outside of ads. You know, it may be a problem with your listing, not having those keywords in phrase order. It may be a, pro a problem with your product, your pricing, or, or in fact, you know, you, you do have too ro rosy of a view of your product and there's other people that for the same search, you know, uh, give back uh, better products with better differentiators. But, you know, it's it all comes down to keywords. And, and so, you know, for our own private label business, we're really trying to flip our mindset to previously we used to think about where is there a, a, a technology gap in the market and let's fill that. And we still think a little bit that way because we're an electronics company first. But we've been trying to flip that thinking to think of, okay, where are there keyword gaps where there is proven demand uh, for a certain search, which represents, you know, an intent to find some sort of product and uh, that's relevant to our space. And then can we come up with a product with unique differentiators, um, you know, to go uh, win uh, that demand. Um, and so, you know, that it all ties together and it all is centered around keywords. Yeah, I love it. It really is. Uh, that particular strategy is kind of the reverse, right? It's like looking for the demand where there are gaps, which, by the way, is really, really good for product development, right? Instead of wondering, yeah. I wonder if they want another toaster or another spatula or whatever, garlic press. Garlic press. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, no, maybe they're actually looking for this thing that is, you know, inadequately met in the market. So, listen, I appreciate you guys' time. I do think that. Uh, often Amazon sellers get locked up in this pay-per-click. You guys are kind of like a, a lifeline out there. Uh, I think it's really important for people to consider, you know, how they are managing their, their spend. And if they are fully, you know, if they're doing it all themselves, boy, having this, you know, a uh, little bat signal they can throw up in the sky and say, hey, just come and do an audit. Tell me, tell me where I'm at. And then I, I'm not sure what the right t engagements time to time or ongoing would be. But I, I know that with product launches or with, you know, trying to optimize a product or maybe you're trying to grow a product, you got a bunch of inventory, maybe it's a closeout. There's all kinds of use cases. And I would say to the sellers out there who are struggling, as I see messages all the time on Facebook, I'm not getting impressions or, you know, I, I put in $5, I still don't get impressions. Put in $10, I still get impressions. You know, they're, they're increasing their budgets to, you know, $50 a click and $1,000 a day and they're still not getting impressions. They're chasing, you know, the dragon, and they need the help. So uh, if you're fighting dragons, call up the PPC ninjas. They know how to do stuff. And it's definitely something that I highly recommend people get a handle on. You cannot have a successful e-commerce business or an Amazon seller business in particular without effectively using pay-per-click advertising, in my opinion. It just It's not a sustainable business if you can't get this right. So don't waste any more time. Get on the job. Uh, this is Ben Osmers.com, uh, episode number 150. Uh, that's right, 150. So uh, if you just go to Osmers.com slash 150, you'll be able to see any show notes or details, any links that we have in here for you. And uh, I want to thank you guys one last time uh, for coming on. Thank you, Rita, and thank you, uh, Bernie.
Thank you, Steve. Thank Thanks, you Steve. All for us. Yeah, it's a, certainly a pleasure. And uh, for the Osterbers out there, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.